Welcome to Lead with Confidence, the podcast where we will explore the journeys of leaders who inspire, empower, and believe in others. Join me to discover your self-confidence in love, life, and leadership. This is not your typical leadership podcast. We're here to celebrate leaders who are not defined by their titles or corner offices. Instead, they're defined by their unwavering commitment to becoming better versions of themselves every single day. The formula is different for everyone. So take what you want, leave what you don't. We are here to learn and grow together. I'm Desiree Petrick, owner of Intentional Action, motivational speaker, and executive coach, and I can't wait to join your journey to learn what it means to lead with confidence. Hey friends, welcome back to the Lead with Confidence podcast. I won't lie to you. Over the last week, I have already questioned if I am dried up, if I have enough content to do with this podcast what I want to do. And here's the reason, and it's going to apply to you too. So just give me a minute. It can be so overwhelming to look into the future, three years, five years, 10 years, and say, how am I going to fill the time in between to get myself to this goal that I have set for myself? That could be raising good humans. That could be getting the promotion that you want. It could be, in my case, running a successful podcast that people actually want to listen to. It could be writing a book. It could be whatever it is that you set your mind to, staying healthy over the course of the next 10 years. It can be daunting to question how you are going to get to that thing. One of the principles that I teach in my keynote, which is the five rules for life, is the concept of checkmate. It's not about knowing when you're going to get to say, okay, I'm going to win this game. It's about the small, strategic, incremental, and intentional actions always looking at different points of view, always trying to think one step ahead. And I did not say 10 steps. I did not say 15 steps. I said one step. What is the smaller goal? What is the smaller movement that you can work towards and put intentional action towards so that you're not constantly feeling like you're not doing enough or being enough because you have this larger goal? So as I was questioning whether or not I was going to actually be able to do this because I can assume that everyone has those moments of insecurity and questioning if what they're doing and who they are is enough for the goals that they set for themselves. It occurred to me that in order to be successful at whatever I set for myself as far as a goal, I need to be willing to humanize it. And I need to be willing to understand that it's not going to be perfect. Because if the options were all or nothing, it would probably be nothing. And if the option was perfection or nothing, the option would be nothing. So we have to humanize these things. We have to understand that they need to be incremental and they need to maybe go at a slower pace and they need to have help and understanding and grace from ourselves, not necessarily from other people, but willing to give grace to ourselves so that we are not constantly feeling that stress and overwhelm of questioning how we're going to get to this ultimate goal, but a peace and a confidence in knowing that if all it takes is getting to that next step, we have the tools in order to get there. 
there is a saying that says you were not you do not currently have the skills in place to get to where it is that you want to go. Otherwise, you'd be there already, right? We need to continue to develop ourselves. We need to continue to be willing to grow and to learn and to try and to fail in order to get to that next step. But if we are looking at the top of the mountain, that is a lot scarier than if we are just looking at the next step. So what does this mean for this episode of the podcast? And what does it have to do with leading other people? This week's episode is brought to you by Natural Cycles, the first FDA-cleared birth control app. It allows you to learn the unique pattern of your cycle with tailored updates and insights. Recently, it was updated to pair with your Apple Watch for effortless tracking. It's hormone-free, non-invasive, and effective. The app was also recently updated to allow your partner to log in and keep track to be a part of the process, either for birth control or planning of a pregnancy. By using my link, you will get 20% off of an annual subscription and a free thermometer. Go to DesireePetrick.com slash natural cycles or click on the link in the show notes. I was questioning whether or not I was going to have enough information to get through the next two to five years of a podcast because ultimately a podcast is a long-term goal. It is an opportunity for me to build relationships with you as listeners. It's an opportunity for me to have conversations with high-level people who have an incredible amount of knowledge and wisdom about things that I want to learn more about and in turn get to share them with you. But I realized that I have to humanize it in a way that means it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be a perfect step-by-step here's my story from birth to now, I can share the message that is called into my heart in that week or in that day. And it doesn't have to mean that it goes in chronological order. So all of this is me telling you that the stories I'm going to share with you will likely not be in chronological order. And just to solidify that fact, The message that I'm going to share today came about because of a children's book that I read to my daughter last night. As I'm sitting here questioning what the heck I'm going to talk about and how am I going to make it make sense to individuals who maybe don't know my story, it occurred to me that the message that I need to hear, which happened to come from a children's book in that moment, was also likely the message that someone else needs to hear. So here it is. My daughter brought a book to me as I was doing dishes and she said, I found this under my bed and I really want to read it. Can we read it? So I shut off the sink. We went over to the couch and the name of the book is The Rabbit Listened by Corey Dewarfield. If you have children under the age of five and you don't have Dolly Parton's Imagination Library, I highly suggest you go Google it. You're going to want to get on that train because they send you a free book every month to your child, and they're almost all winners. We've literally had to throw books away because they were so tattered and damaged because they've been read so much and had to order new ones because that's how loved they are. This particular book obviously got lost under the bed, so it's still looking pretty perfect. But as I started to read, I said, I needed to hear this message. So what would it look like for me to share this message with you without questioning how to make it chronological, without questioning how to make it make sense for those who don't know my story. So I'm going to tell you a small portion of 
why this particular message means so much to me. And the ultimate message is that we are all individuals. Your children are individuals, your spouses, your coworkers, your children, specifically your employees. If you have to be, if, if you happen to be a leader in the corporate and business space, they are all individuals. And when we try and come at a problem with an overall approach of saying, this is going to work because I think it's going to work, you're ultimately going to be disappointed in the fact that everyone is going to respond to your best practice in a different way because it's not their best practice. So in this book, The Rabbit Listened, this little kid Taylor builds a castle. The castle got knocked down and Taylor is really sad. So he's sitting by himself on the ground and a chicken comes up and he tries to get Taylor to talk. He tries to get Taylor to talk about his feelings and Taylor doesn't want to talk about his feelings. So eventually the chicken gets tired and walks away, the problem having not been resolved yet. So next comes a bear and the bear wants to scream and shout and growl. He wants to be upset at the problem and he wants Taylor to be upset with him. And Taylor doesn't want to be upset. He just wants to sit there. So the bear leaves. And on and on. The elephant wants to fix it. The hyena wants to laugh it off. The ostrich wants to hide and pretend that nothing happened. The kangaroo wants to scrap it and start over. And the snake wants to take it out on someone else. He wants to take his anger out on someone else. None of these responses or potential solutions to the problem were relevant to Taylor in that moment. Because they weren't the way that he wanted to handle it. So before we get to the actual solution and the book, spoiler alert, just in case you haven't read it yet, there is a perfect correlation. And this message is so brilliant because without understanding an individual, there is no under, there's no way that you can understand how they would want to handle a situation without asking them. Now you're going to say, in a high stress situation where I'm tense, they're tense, a problem is ensuing, shit's hitting the fan, how am I supposed to ask them what it is that they want? Especially if they're upset and they won't talk to me. This is one of the things that I tell teams all of the time when I'm working with them. You have to individualize and humanize your team. You have to ask them what motivates you. How do you want to be held accountable? What's your best practice in overcoming hard things? How do you want to find praise? How do you want to be told that you're doing something wrong? How often? All of these questions are things that, although they may change, so they're good to talk about more often than not, the likelihood that you're going to understand someone better after asking them these questions is 100%. Because if you don't ask, you definitely won't know. So having this conversation with them is going to allow some vulnerability within answering these questions to say, I don't know for certain that the answers you, ju you just gave me are going to overcome the problems that we will inevitably face. But I do know that I have a better understanding of who you are as a human and how we could potentially overcome this ensuing problem together. The other piece of this, the preemptive piece is great and there's a lot of merit in it. But the other piece is that we need to be willing to get uncomfortable and we need to be willing to be vulnerable. 
So when you enter a space where a problem is ensuing and you need help in overcoming that problem and finding a solution, we need to be willing to individualize the attempts at fixing the problem. And that's going to come by not only knowing a direction that you can try with your employee or your child or your spouse or your coworker, but also being willing to sit with them in silence, likely uncomfortable silence, and be willing to sit and listen. If all you're listening to is that silence, know that it will end eventually. No one can sit in silence forever. But also know that in doing that, you are creating a space that is allowing trust to build even with no words being exchanged. You are allowing that individual time to process and time to figure out exactly what it is that they need in that moment. Now, talking about it like this makes it sound like it's six months to a year that they're sitting in silence. It might be moments. If you can avoid walking in with anger and expectations or a perfect plan that you want to attempt to execute that's going to fix everyone's problems, if you can avoid that immediate response to whatever this problem or situation is, you're going to allow for a much better sense of trust and connection with that other individual because they know that you are willing to see things from their point of view, to see things from a different perspective, and you are willing to meet them halfway. That's going to create a lot of trust. So this can be in the case, and I have to work on my patience too, trust me. But in the case of my children, being willing to be in that space where you're not immediately going to anger or frustration or sometimes guilt, even trying to guilt them into a response, it's not always going to work and it's not going to create the learning opportunity that you want it to than if you allow them time to come to a conclusion by themselves. In a work setting, and this is the part where I get to share a little bit of my story with you. When I was working as the manager of a dementia facility, I was brand new. I had the college degree that said I was qualified to be a manager, but I did not have any of the social or emotional intelligence that I needed to be a leader of people. So I found myself jumping to conclusions and trying to micromanage and walking into problems or even potential problems with solutions that I knew would fix it. I had no doubt in my mind that I was right, they were wrong, I could fix it, and that was the way it was going to be. There was no discussion to be had, and the cliche is it's my way or the highway. I was doing that out of fear, out of fear of the repercussions of what it would look like if the problem continued and there was no solution, because ultimately the responsibility as the leader came back to me. It was my responsibility to lead people, not to fix the problem, but to lead people into a collaborative approach in fixing the problem. And I was not doing that. So over the course of five years of reading personal development and engaging in trying to learn new things, meet new people, cultivate a community in a way that allows you to see different perspectives and not always assume that you're right, I realized that 
preemptively asking these questions about how people like to handle situations is going to give you a much better understanding of them. That's great. But in the moment, 99% of the time, people just want to vent. If they come to you with an issue about their coworker, my immediate reaction was to try and fix it with or without asking that employee if they wanted it fixed. Eventually, I learned that they just needed someone to talk to and they could come up with a solution to the problem by themselves. They could come up with that just by being able to say it out loud. So sometimes holding space for people, sometimes holding that space and being willing to be the sounding board and to be a little bit uncomfortable and to know that you might have the perfect way to fix this solution, but unless they are on board and it meets their personality and their definition of what success would look like, it's not going to fix the problem in their mind. It might fix it in yours. It's not going to fix the problem in their mind. And you're likely going to have the same problems coming up again and again. So in order to make sure that we are listening to our children, our spouses, our employees, our siblings specifically, It's making sure that we're listening both on the front end and on the back end, being willing to listen so that when they are ready to talk or to scream and shout, or they do want to fix it, or they're willing to laugh it off, or they want to start over and scrap it all, or they want to, well, let's not take it out on someone else. That would be really bad leadership advice on my part, but that happened to be one of the scenarios in the book. That is the only way that we are going to continue to build trust and allow for vulnerability in the workplace and in all areas of our life is if we're willing to look at it from a different angle on both the front and the back end. The reason that I found this specific message so powerful this week was because it's something that I actually teach a lot. It's something that when I play the leadership game or when I'm in group coaching sessions or individual leadership strategy sessions, this is my number one go-to piece of advice is get to know your individuals on a one-on-one basis. And some people will say, I manage 100 people. How am I supposed to do that? You do not need to do it for all 100 people. You need to lead by example. You need to be willing to say, here's my immediate team. I'm going to show them what it looks like to have these conversations and be willing to hold space for people and open up to uncomfortable situations and conversations and be willing to be vulnerable so that they know that they have the strength to do it with their employees. And those middle managers can then do it with their employees. And as we continue to start at the top, We can continue to work our way down so that this becomes an area of culture. That company culture is such a buzzword, but I've said before, what does that mean? It means being willing to grow with and around each other and knowing that it is a safe space to say how you're feeling and having people hold space for you and holding space for others and knowing that no matter what is said, there is a solution as long as you come to it together. That is a large piece of what good company culture looks like is knowing that if you talk, someone will listen. And having that conversation on the front end is only going to allow you a lot more support and understanding about the people you're working with than if you wait until 
tensions are high and everyone is stressed out, overwhelmed, and burnt out. That's just how it is. So I I forgot this message a little bit over the course of the last month when we've been dealing with every sickness you can possibly think of and the overwhelm and the burnout of the holidays and questioning whether in Minnesota it's going to snow and freeze or be 60 because my husband walked out the door with shorts on this morning. There is a lot of questioning what your day is going to look like. But the more that you can understand the people in your corner on a front end, the more that you can be trusting and believing that they are going to be there regardless of the situation that comes up on the back end. So in order to continue moving forth and leading with confidence, we need to understand that a lot of the responsibility does come back to us and our ability to lead by example and to show our employees and our children and the people that are in our circle what it means to be willing to hold space and be vulnerable with one another to build trust within that space. I was also thinking about what does it mean to lead with confidence? Am I talking about leadership specifically in businesses, in corporate spaces? Or am I talking about your ability to lead in any situation, to not lead with unworthiness or insecurity or frustration or guilt or anger or sadness, to not lead into any situation with anything other than an absolute confidence in your self-worth and in your belief and in your knowledge that you have what you need to overcome any problem. That's what it means to lead with confidence, is knowing that as long as you are willing to get uncomfortable and to learn and grow and to try and fail and to continue to build upon yourself every single day, you have what you need in order to overcome any situation, in order to continue growing and building into that social and emotional intelligence, but most of all, trust in yourself and the people that you have chosen to have around you in any given moment. So with that being said, I want to encourage you to go out and lead with confidence. At one point I said, go forth and lead with confidence. And I don't watch Star Trek or Star Wars, but it sounded way too sci-fi for me. (laughs) So go ahead and lead with confidence. Until next time, I am so excited for this next year, this next five years, whatever it's going to look like, because I know that if I continue to grow and learn and try and be the best me that I can, the messages that I need to hear are going to be the ones that are going to resonate with you. They're going to be the ones that you need to hear in that moment, whether you know it or not. And if you can think of something that you really want to learn about and know about and need more knowledge on or a different perspective, send me an email at leadwithconfidencepodcast at gmail.com because I want to have that conversation, whether it's with you in private, whether it's you ask me a question and I can answer it here because if you have the question, someone else will. It's the same thing I've been saying about a message. We need to be willing to be on this journey of learning and growing together. So until next time, lead with confidence. Thank you so much for joining me as we grow together and learn to lead with confidence. If you enjoyed this episode, it would be so appreciated if you would leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. 
I would love to know which topics you'd like to see covered in future episodes. So send me a message on Instagram at Desiree Petrick or send an email to leadwithconfidencepodcast at gmail.com. See you on the next episode of Lead with Confidence.